I'm Stephen Price. Hello, I'm Cara Githens. This is The Innkeepers, a podcast by Sanctuary Inn. At Sanctuary Inn, we believe we are called to equip, refresh, and restore God's global workers. On this podcast, we will be interviewing guests who have much to teach us about the many facets of missionary care. Let's learn together and be encouraged to press on in the work God has given each one of us to do. Hi, this is Steve. Hello, this is Kara. And we'd like to welcome you to another installment of the Innkeepers podcast. Yes, we are so glad that you're with us today. and I think you're really in for a treat as we interview Calvin and Julie Tadema. Would you please um, share with us about them, Steve? Yeah. So we've known Calvin and Julie for several years, and um, Calvin actually serves as the board chairman for Sanctuary Inn and has for several years. And he's his background in finance and has really been a, a huge help for us as Sanctuary Inn has grown over the years. And Calvin is wise and smart, which is an amazing combination. But Calvin and Julie are both in full-time ministry now, and they offer healing prayer for the spiritual emotional and physical needs through their ministry, which is called Masters, and that's, you might stumble over that, Masters Mind Ministry. And they meet um, individually with people and do healing prayer. They also meet with couples and do healing prayer um, together. Calvin and Julie often are meeting with couples as well as with individuals. They uh, especially focus on the areas of overcoming trauma and abuse They teach these principles of mind renewal and listening prayer in classes and workshops and retreats. Julie and Calvin have been married for 43 years. They love teaching together. If you ever have the opportunity to hear them together doing a workshop, it's great. And they have such an enthusiasm for the transforming work of God in people's lives. And you can always find out more about what they do at mastersmindministry.org. On this installment of the Innkeepers podcast, we have the privilege of welcoming welcoming Calvin and Julie Tadema. And um, again, we're grateful for your time and we're thankful that you've been able to make some space for us on this podcast. Um, Could we start and just tell us a little bit of your background and how you transitioned into full-time ministry that you're in right now? Well, that's kind of an interesting story because uh, when I was much younger, I was a financial planner and a business consultant, and uh, my wife was a homemaker. Julie was raising the kids at home, and and we were approaching a time when they were in about high school that she began thinking about what's going to happen when my kids leave the house. Who will I be and what will I do? At that same time, both of us were volunteering a lot at our local church. We were involved in leadership there, um, both with Bible studies and and a little bit more of the leadership uh, for helping manage the church. And about the time that uh, Julie was wondering who she was going to be without kids, I began wondering how I was spending my time. As a business consultant, I was very quick to respond and get an appointment with my Christian clients. 
But I found that I was uh, very uh, reluctant to get together with my non-Christian clients over regular business consulting. And as we talked and prayed about that, um, we discovered that my calling was really moving toward the helping encourage other Christian business people. And we went to our trusted advisors and uh, we prayed about it, asked other people to pray and felt like we were both called to full-time ministry because of that. And we set up a prayer shield, which is a group of people that agreed to pray for us each day and uh, began this, uh, this wonderful adventure of being in ministry. Those kinds of transitions, of course, are worry-free, trouble-free, right? Never a bump, never a hiccup, right? It was just about as smooth as you might expect for somebody <laughs> going from the business world into uh, the ministry world. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the challenges that we had right away is how are you going to be funded? Yeah, and sure. uh, that's a big question for everybody. We felt convicted and had agreement with uh, the, with our prayer team that we didn't want to charge people when we pray with them. Yeah. And so uh, we talked about how to raise support like other missionaries. And God has been so faithful uh, as we began. We, we really uh, trusted in him. And he has provided everything that we need and, and has promised to always be there for us in that. So uh, even though there have been times where we worried just a little bit, it uh, was worry that was wasted because God was in control. So good that God is faithful, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So can you describe for us what it is that you guys do in your ministry, Master's Mind Ministry? The, the concept, the idea behind Master's Mind Ministry is that we meet with individuals for what we characterize as healing prayer or intercessory prayer. People usually come to us by referral and there's some sort of a felt need. They're, they're in some pain, mm -hmm. whether in the physical, the emotional or the spiritual realm, they're looking for healing. So we're meeting with them um, and seeking the Lord. We facilitate the appointments around inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to them in some way, to prompt them in some way. And we're seeking healing in one of those realms. A lot of times around issues of trauma or abuse. Mm -hmm. We also do quite a bit of meeting with couples that need healing in their marriages. And over the past several years, uh, some of our emphasis has shifted toward training others that are interested in doing intercessory prayer, this type of healing prayer. So we also teach a variety of classes and workshops. Uh, we, we teach at retreats, or at least we did before <laughs> everything right. shut down yeah. last year, um, just helping people become more confident in their abilities as an intercessor as well. Yeah, so trying to multiply your, yourselves and not, not just you guys doing, doing this. But exactly, others. yeah, there's, there's plenty of need uh -huh. and and one of the things that we always try to encourage people about is uh, we feel like this is something that the Holy Spirit has given to the church, to all of us as the body of Christ, that it isn't just somebody that's regarded as an expert or a professional. We don't hold ourselves out to be that, just a lot of experience with praying with people. And so we encourage communities of, of Christians to meet together and pray in this way. Can you talk about some of the common themes that surface when you're praying with people? Absolutely. The number one thing that comes up in every prayer appointment is forgiveness, issues of forgiveness. 
um, people need to be forgiven, first of all, by the Lord and often by others that they've hurt. And people need to forgive others that have hurt them. That is absolutely the number one thing that comes up in these appointments. So how would you define forgiveness? We, uh, we like to help people understand that forgiveness is actually a gift. It's giving somebody a break or releasing an offense or a debt that they owe you. Um, the idea of forgive and forget never works. Uh-huh. And so we have to go through a process to actually choose to release somebody uh, from debt. And um, the gift that is uh, the part of the forgiving, it, it has to be done with no strings attached. Um, when people begin to consider forgiving, a lot of times they'll, they'll have some questions about blame and guilt and, and uh, other things like that. When we tell them blame has no role to play in forgiveness, only mercy in forgiveness. And so we, we help walk them through that. Um, we define the forgiveness as releasing an offense Releasing an offense is a little bit different than trying to forget an event. Um, The event is what somebody did to cause the offense, Mm -hmm. uh, whereas the offense is what it costs them. And so um, when we walk through that with people to understand what is the offense, then they know what it is they're releasing. And even though we can't change history, we can redeem that part of our history. That sounds powerful. It's very powerful. So let's imagine that I came to you for, uh, I felt the need, something was going on. I, I come, we meet, we pray, and you identify an issue of forgiveness in my life that, you know, I need to forgive someone for something. Um, what, walk me through that. What, what are we going to do next? So forgiveness is the topic that we also get asked to teach on most frequently. And whenever we're doing that, we always start with being forgiven. Because a person has to have a true experience of knowing they're forgiven by the Lord and receive that gift before they can offer it to anybody else. Mm -hmm. So we always start with talking about our own need to be forgiven by the Lord. And so I'll just walk you through a couple of steps or bullet points of how we would approach that. If, if I'm in a prayer appointment with somebody and I discover that they're feeling guilt or shame about something, the first thing I want to do is check with, in with them and make sure that they know that they're forgiven by the Lord. And if they don't, we'll just walk through a, a simple, I, I hesitate to call it a process, but you've got to characterize it somehow. Yeah. So we'll just walk through a few steps in order for them to know that they're forgiven by the Lord. Because forgiveness is something the Lord is always offering to us. We just have to receive it. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we'll invite them to do, if they are feeling a conviction about a sin issue in their life, is what we call taking an account of the offenses. You can't ask to be forgiven for something that you don't know that you've done. So we're just asking the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit to bring to mind those things that the person needs to be forgiven for. And then we ask them to just acknowledge the debt or not acknowledge the offense so that they can be forgiven for that thing. A lot of times, you know, human nature is trying to resist 
or justify or explain away the things that we've done that have caused harm or have caused offense to the Lord or to another person. And so we want them to just acknowledge, just aloud, what they are being convicted about as sin. And when that happens, when there's true conviction by the Holy Spirit, we find sorrow for that. We have a sense of remorse. We have a sense of feeling like, I wish I could rewind my life and not have done that. But then we know, we feel the pain of it, and we can release that then. Then we invite them to release the offense to the Lord, just recognizing, I can't repay this. And so I'm going to I'm gonna just bring this before the throne of grace and ask for forgiveness, receive that forgiveness. And then they can repent to their healed identity, to their true identity in Christ. And it would be very a very similar process if we're asking another person for forgiveness. So first of all, we want to check in with them and know that they feel forgiven by the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about that is, the Lord's forgiveness is always readily forthcoming. We absolutely know that when we come before the Lord with that sense of conviction about something, he will forgive us. He has forgiven us. That isn't necessarily the case with another person. You don't need, um, you don't need to necessarily go to them, but if you can, it's a great idea. And then you go through similar steps. You would just let them know that you realize you've caused an offense you acknowledge it, uh-huh. you confess it to them, you can let them know that you feel a sense of sorrow for what you've done that has hurt them. Then you can ask them if they're willing to forgive you. Now, mm. forgiveness, I think, is such an important distinction from apologizing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Apologizing is something that we do a little bit more readily, but a lot of times it comes across as, you know, sorry that you feel this way about it instead of asking somebody to forgive you for the harm that you've caused them. And then, as I said, with the Lord, when we ask for forgiveness, we absolutely know it's forthcoming with another person. They may or may not choose to forgive us, or we may not have the opportunity to even go to somebody and ask them. So the critical component is having done that spiritual transaction with the Lord Mm-hmm. to know that we're forgiven. But it's a great opportunity to restore relationship if we do have the ability to go to somebody and confess and ask for forgiveness. Yeah, because someone could come be coming to you and bringing up an issue involving a parent or relative that's deceased. Yes. and But there's still a sense of unforgiveness. So yeah, so like you said, you, you can't obviously go to that person and but the transaction can all still happen. Right. Yeah. And very often we will uh, will walk through this process with someone in a prayer appointment as a spiritual transaction. So we'll invite them to go through these steps and then we will act as a witness and proclaim God's promise. Mm-hmm. And a similar, very similar uh, process for forgiving others. And we work through this a lot um, when we're when we're praying with people that they're holding an offense that somebody else did against them, and as long as they're holding that offense, they're gonna they're gonna have bitterness, maybe a justice mentality, but it it also separates inter- uh, or interrupts 
uh, relationships. And so we'll walk through similar steps to help someone learn to forgive or choose to forgive someone who has hurt them. So that would be, they would take an account of how they were hurt by that person. Then they would acknowledge that debt and what it costs them. Then we ask them to find compassion for the debtor, the one who sinned against them. Uh, we need at least a grain of compassion in order to forgive. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, if we can help them see the person rather than just the offense or the sin, mm -hmm. it helps them recognize what we sometimes say is hurt people hurt people. Yeah. The one who sinned against me probably has had some similar things in their life that, that have hurt them as well. And then we go through a similar process of just confessing to God. These are the offenses that this person did against me. I choose to release that person or forgive that person for these offenses. And when we do that, all of the bitterness goes away. All of that, that trauma that's attached to that event and those offenses gets uh, washed away. And it really sets people free. That when that happens, reconciliation is possible. It's not guaranteed because reconciliation between people takes two. Reconciliation with God is guaranteed. That's his promise. Yeah. And we always see that. But sometimes we can forgive someone who hurt us and they won't receive the forgiveness. And so we're not able to actually be reconciled in our relationship with them. Mm -hmm. It just sounds like a lot of what you're talking about is acknowledging what actually happened. Because so often if people sweep things under the rug. Oh, it didn't really happen or it's not a big deal or maybe it is a big deal, but we're not going to talk about it. Right. And um, so being able to acknowledge it and talk about it. And then there is a cost and recognizing that. And I and it also it's the gospel. There's yeah. a cost. Jesus paid that price. I think it's just so beautiful. Then you stop and acknowledge what Christ really did. Freedom comes. Yes. You know, and, and similarly, uh, very often when we're meeting with Christians, especially mature Christians, they start to bring up, they start to take an account of the offenses. And then they'll sort of stop themselves and they'll go, wait a minute, I don't mean to be dumping on this person, or I don't mean to be dredging up all of this stuff. And we interrupt them from, from saying that. And we say, no, you're doing a great job of step one. Mm -hmm. You're doing a great job of taking an account. We're going to continue doing this, but I'm not going to leave you at step one. Uh -huh. We're going to take all the steps to get all the way to forgiveness, but you have permission at this time to complain and to remember and to and to just share what it's cost you. And what it cost Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Can you illustrate uh, an example of this in someone's life you've worked with, maybe an individual or maybe even a missionary you've had a chance to work with, um, where you saw just the power of forgiveness? In their life. Yeah, be happy to do that. Uh, a few years ago, uh, a couple came uh, from ministry. They were home on furlough. They had been posted mm -hmm. to Africa and um, they were really struggling. He especially was really struggling. He had gone to the mission field in Africa with a really clear idea of his calling and his goals. He was, he's an evangelist. Uh-huh. And he, he felt just called to go and share the gospel, share the good news about Jesus Christ. And so 
he and his young family were posted to Africa. But when he got there and he started working with the other people in the organization on the ground there, it was a much different situation than what he was expecting. What they were really expecting him to do was plant a branch church, a denominational church. And it was way more administration and way less personal interaction, very few opportunities to get out among the people and share the gospel. And so he began to ask questions to try to clarify what the situation was and it created some conflict. And so they withdrew their support. So they had to come back home. He had to bring his young family back home. And when he came to us, it was, he was really struggling. He was frustrated. He was struggling with some bitterness. Mm -hmm. He was doubting his calling, whether or not the calling was valid. And as we prayed with him, what the Lord spoke over him was just beautifully healing. We invited him to take an account, like we were just talking about, and he was able to release the bitterness that he felt towards not just the organization, because that's a little bit nebulous, but towards the individuals. And one of the things that was hard for him, you know, as Calvin was mentioning a moment ago, was he didn't want to accuse or blame, or Calvin used the phrase, dump on these Mm -hmm. folks. Uh And we just said, you have permission to discover what the offenses are and what it's cost you. And it's actually very honoring to forgive someone. So the purpose is not to blame anybody, but to discover what is the pain that needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. So he was able to do that. He was able to release the bitterness and the responsibility that he was placing on them. He had felt like they had interrupted his calling, like they were preventing him from fulfilling that. And what the Lord spoke over him was his calling had not been withdrawn and his provision was not coming from that organization anyway. Um, So with that reassurance, he was able to go out and raise the support that he needed. And he did return. He's had a very fruitful ministry of evangelism without the baggage of having to, you know, tend for uh, a branch plant. Uh-huh. and all the administration that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. He was set free to do what he needed, what God called him to do. Yeah, I think the most important thing that he learned, the two most important things was his call was from the Lord, not from the sending organization. Right. And his provision was from the Lord, not from any organization or any few people. Yeah, yeah and the, the danger would have been if he had come back, and if he had just complained, and if he had been bitter and upset and said, these people promised me something, they didn't fulfill it, and he never pursued any kind of forgiveness, and then he just would have carried around a seed of bitterness, and he would have been just an angry, complaining person, um, rather, and, and he never would have gone back and fulfilled what God had called him to do. Yes, and, and w- with the situation as it was, he was blaming them for derailing his calling. But we were able to reassure him his calling had not changed. It was still true because it was from the Lord. Hmm. Yeah, we, we've, actually, we've seen people who, in that kind of a process, when they haven't forgiven, their bitterness may even drive them away from the church and sometimes even away from the Lord that they hold the Lord accountable for the pain that they felt. 
So now if you're praying with someone and you identify an area of forgiveness, what happens then if someone just kind of digs their heels in and said, I'm not sure I want to go there? So what what's happening then? Uh, there are there are several reasons that um, somebody would be resistant to healing, resistant to being forgiven. I think the number one reason that people are resistant to that is what we call false humility. They they have this sense of I have to do something. I can't receive it as a free gift. I I have to make atonement. I have to do something, and and sometimes that really gets in the way of them walking through that receiving uh, forgiveness. Sometimes also um, it's uh, self-justification where somebody says, well, I've, I, I did sin, but it wasn't so bad because I didn't mean it, or um, I did, but it's not worse than what other people did. And so instead of taking an account and owning it, what they're really doing is they're, they're doing a poor job of justifying themselves. And uh, as that tends to go uh, in a discussion, we'll, we'll stop the person and say, you, you know, you're not as good a justifier as Jesus is. Let him do the job and he'll do it yeah. completely because you'll never get it done just as well as he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that stick in the way, the barriers to forgiving other people, uh, number one is justice mentality. Mm-hmm. It's like, they have to pay. If I if I forgive them, they'll get away with it. Hmm. If I forgive them, they'll hurt somebody else. Well, these are lies that cause us to hang on to the bitterness and hang on to the offense. And as long as we're hanging on to it, it, it just recycles in us. But that's that uh, justice mentality that somebody won't be held accountable if I'm not there to do it. It's a real big barrier. And sometimes a sense of vengeance, you know, I have to make them repay. Hmm. There's also a similar uh, false humility there. Um, We see that when people are taking an account and then they start minimizing. Um, What they did a lot of times when people have to forget parents, for instance, they start to take an account and then they discount what they're what they're understanding it hurt really bad when they said this or rejected me or abandoned me and then they go through and they sort of self-justify on behalf of the other person well they didn't they didn't mean it or i've seen worse or you know those kinds of things and then that get that clouds the forgiveness step so we have to come back with them to taking an accurate accounting so it's almost like you're giving them permission to admit and see where where the fault lies and what's wrong, but not holding that person accountable anymore. Permission is a really accurate uh, term because a lot of times I have used the phrase, you have permission to tell yourself the truth about your experiences hmm. or even more accurately to let the Holy Spirit illuminate the truth about your experiences. And we always, we always hasten to remind people this is not about discovering who's to blame, hmm. but discovering what needs to be healed and who needs to be forgiven. You can make a medical analogy of that. Of If you don't really know what your diagnosis is, you can't treat it. Right. Yeah, and then a lot of times what people are really doing is symptom management. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes when people experience forgiveness, they 
it's a spiritual transaction with eternal effect. But um, they they don't really anticipate that this is also going to be an emotional transaction and a physical transaction. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my favorite examples is walking through receiving forgiveness with a guy who is just under a great deal of conviction. Uh, we would call it a real heaviness. And when he confessed it to God and released it, he felt in the spiritual realm that that weight went away. And all of a sudden he was expressing to me, he said, I feel so much lighter. And he was describing the feeling, the emotional realm of the change that had happened. And he told me later, several weeks later, that after he left that prayer time that he had with me, he got to thinking about what it meant in the physical realm. And he said, when I got home, I stepped on the scale because I thought for sure I had lost (laughs) weight after that prayer time. And so that was just a great story for me that the power of forgiveness is that it's in all three realms and it's that, that, uh, that beautiful. And it could change a person's life. Yeah, Um, absolutely. What, what are some examples? Do you have some examples of how this the power of this and how it really changes people's lives when they set themselves and other people free? We, we had a prayer time with a young lady. She's in her 30s and dealing with fear and anxiety and panic attacks. And so as we prayed with her, we just asked the Lord to reveal what was the source of this fear this and this anxiety. And what came to her rather quickly was a memory. She was a missionary kid. She was stateside now, but she grew up in, uh, in the mission field. And um, the, the, the thought that came to her, the memory that came to her was one time she was nine or 10 years old and she had been with her parents and they were called out. I think it was like on a Sunday evening, they were called out to a house because there was some, some things going on there. And she was told to wait outside um, kind of by the car and they were going to go in and deal with this. And she had the, the kind of the understanding that this was spiritual warfare. And she said she would remember standing there uh, a ways away from the house. But when the door opened, there was a man who was looking out from the door and made eye contact with her. And he was, he was possessed. And when he made eye contact with her, it just, she just went cold inside. Mm. And the fear was transferred to her in that moment. Mm. And so we just wait. Um, it, it was a very powerful and moving memory that God brought to her mind as we were praying. And so we then asked her, would you be willing to forgive this man for showing you this? I mean, for, for transferring that fear to you. And she said, I never thought about that. And of course, she was willing to once she thought about it. And we walked through those steps. And then we checked. We said, now, do you you have a sense of peace? She said, I feel more peace. Well, we weren't satisfied with more peace. We wanted pure peace. So I said, well, let's check what else is going on here. And she said, you know, I, I felt I've always felt a little bit like my parents shouldn't have put me into that condition, put me in harm's way. 
and said, yeah, you're probably right about that. Would you be willing to forgive your parents for putting you in harm's way? And she said, yes, of course I would be willing to. So we did a spiritual transaction about that. And after she had forgiven her parents, we checked in again and said, what's, the, what's happening inside? And she, she had a huge smile on her face. She said, I just feel so flooded with peace. Mm -hmm. All of that fear that's just, I felt being in little corners of my body, all of that is like just gone. And it's like light in there instead. Well, we've, we've ministered with her or talked with her um, off and on for, as I think it's probably been four, maybe even five years ago that we had that prayer time. And she's continued to hold the territory, continued to be in that place of peace. And that fear that was inserted at that time is completely gone. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. So um, if we have someone that's listening to the podcast and they they are thinking, wow, you know, there's maybe something in my life that I need to deal with or I should pray about or I'm I'm having a symptom of something which could indicate an underlying, you know, emotional problem, physical symptom that could indicate an emotional problem or something anyway, or a spiritual issue, um, how would they go about getting in touch with you guys? Is this something you can do via Zoom? Um, you know, you don't have to necessarily be in the same room, I'm guessing, with someone. So let's talk about putting someone in touch with you guys. That's, that's one of the great things now about people becoming so familiar with Zoom and Skype and other platforms yeah. like this, because we can minister to people literally all over the world. And we have been contacted by people from all over the world. Um, mastersmindministry.org is our website and our email address. They can go on the website. There are a lot of free materials on there, videos, uh, audio teachings, um, a lot of newsletters that cover various topics. They can find um, worksheets and teachings on this topic of being forgiven, forgiving others and reconciliation. They're all downloadable for free. But if they want to contact us for an appointment, mastersmindministry.org, and um, we'll get back to them and set something up. We'd love to have the opportunity. Okay. Thank you. So as we've talked through this whole topic of forgiveness, and you guys have shared that this is the number one thing, it just it strikes me as that there are probably a lot of people out there that are dealing with unforgiveness, and they don't even know it. And um, I'm just encouraged that we're talking about this today, that hopefully a listener out there can work through these steps we just talked about um, with them and the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's the one that's really doing all this, and you guys are along for the ride, so it's really encouraging to hear you talk about it. So what do you hope our listeners take away from this conversation? Well, our, our hope is that people will see the power, and in this case, of, of being forgiven and forgiving others. And that it, even though it's supernatural, like you said, the Holy Spirit is the one who, who engineers this and leads us through it. The effect is eternal. That's, that's huge. And yet it's so simple. Hmm. And so the takeaway that we hope is that people would have a, a courage or a sense of excitement about looking into some of these things in their past because uh, they now know this can actually be resolved and they can be brought to reconciliation with God and with others through a simple step like forgiveness. Well, I know that uh, when we 
do our research. You know, we, t we research about missionaries, talk with missionaries, and other people that work with missionaries, do missionary care. And, and conflict in a team is such a huge issue, and that sends people home, uh, sends people back to, the, back to their country of origin um, just because they can't get along as a team and so on. And so if we can encourage people to, you know, invest the time and the energy in forgiveness or uh, just the whole concept of going to the Lord in prayer, asking him to identify an issue, and then pursuing that and seeking that reconciliation, um, you know, we, I can just imagine that there would be teams that would remain intact and they wouldn't blow apart, as it were, and be able to continue to do ministry. Yeah, that's one of the most important components, I think, for any missionary team is that their unity be on display, because yeah. that's a place that the Lord really reveals himself. Yeah. Not so much what we say, but the example that we set for people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when Christ was praying for his disciples, it was all about the, the, the observations people would make about them. They would see the way they behaved, and they would see the way they interacted with one another. And that observation alone would be enough to um, stimulate someone to start asking questions and start wondering, what's going on here? This is not normal. This, this is not what's happening in my life. This is not what I know to be true. And so, um, yeah, it's a power, just that power of living in unity and living in um, love with one another. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, and we, we are excited that other people get to learn from you as we've gotten the chance to learn from you guys here at Sanctuary Inn. So thank you so much for your time today. And th thank you for inviting us. It's been our privilege. Well, it's a great blessing. Thank you so much. Kara, um, that was a great interview with Calvin and Julie. Tell me what a takeaway for you from the conversation. Yeah, so um, I was just really encouraged that that as they talked, they were giving steps of how a person can go from unforgiveness to forgiveness and experience incredible freedom. Mm -hmm. um, because when you live in unforgiveness and Many times we live in unforgiveness and we don't even realize it. Like that gal in one of the stories they shared didn't even fully realize where the root of this anxiety and panic attack she was having. Yeah. But when she was able to get to the root and forgive, it set her free. And, um, I mean, she was having physical manifestations of it in her body, in her mind, in her emotions. And she didn't know why. Right. Yeah, and they just, Calvin and Julia just kind of hinted at it, but there are, um, I mean, there can be sometimes very severe physical uh, manifestations for something that's an emotional slash spiritual thing that someone's holding on to. Yeah, and the, I'm just so encouraged that as we look to God and ask for him to show us where we need forgiveness and to let go and recognize that he really did pay for it all on the cross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we can have healing in our lives. And right. That, that's just, that's huge. Right. There's no relationship the blood of Jesus can't heal. But it does mean that a person has to be willing to step forward and say, 
Um, I want to experience forgiveness. I want to. I want to see this relationship healed. I want to give forgiveness. I want to give forgiveness. I want to. Yeah. And, and someone has when they're willing to do that, and they, you know, because there's. I mean, if you say, "Oh, this relationship can never be restored," you're really just invalidating the work of Christ. Yeah. So I just love it that they gave some really handy tools and steps, and it's not this nebulous forgive and forget. Yeah. But. No, take account, and there was a cost to you and to Christ, and there there is freedom. Yeah. Well, I hope if you heard this interview today and and you want to pursue this further, please email Calvin or Julie at mastersmindministry.org, and they will be very happy to be in touch with you and to pursue this with you. So just trust this was something that was extremely helpful and extremely practical for you today. Thank you for tuning in to the Innkeepers podcast. Our mission at Sanctuary Inn is to equip, refresh, and restore God's global workers for kingdom purposes. We hope today's podcast was an encouragement to you, and maybe you were prompted to pass this along to someone you know that will benefit from today's conversation. Creating a podcast is a team effort. Car and I prepare and do the interviews, and we're grateful for the time that our guests give us out of their busy schedules to help us learn more about missionary care. We also want to thank Tim Downing for the music that he wrote and performed specifically for the Innkeepers podcast. Tim is a very talented musician, and you can learn more about him and his work at downingkeys.com. Our podcast is edited by Javier Bolanos and is produced by Tim Cowley of Cowley Visuals. If you have media needs, including film, photography, or audio, you can reach Tim at cowleyvisuals.com. Our website and show notes are prepared by Micah Gibbons, Cara's amazing husband. You can visit the Sanctuary Inn website and learn more about the ministry of Sanctuary Inn at sanctuaryinn.org. Thank you again for joining us on our journey to learn more about missionary care. See you next time.